You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. We looked at the Midrash Chazal and, and spent some time looking into Chazal's conception of tefillah being something that emerges from the needs of the Bri'ah, from the Creator Universe itself. <clears throat> that the creation of human beings is a outgrowth of that and is here to fulfill that purpose. And that the prime function of of human beings in this world is to be people who pray, is to use this unique awareness, empathic care and connection we have to all that exists to be able to communicate needs to our Creator and recognize our Creator and and engage in a dialogue between <clears throat> the world and and its source. So, part of the question, and this is something we were exploring more last last session of. of is there a mitzvah involved with tefillah? Is there not a mitzvah involved in tefillah? Is it just this sort of natural conversation um, of the universe? And that we saw machlokot actually in Chazal Narishonim, how, how actually tefillah is defined. I'm not going to repeat that that sugya today, but but the question that we're going to continue to explore today is what does this conception of prayer as this kind of essential outgrowth of the universe? How does this relate to what we do? How does it relate to actual tefillah as we know it? What about the whole setup as well? That's what you have. mean? The setup of, of tefillah, the seder, so to speak? Yeah, the, the order of prayer? Well, spend <clears throat> 10 minutes at home, say thank you, thank you, thank you, and be done with it. Wonderful question. It's going to take us a while to get to, to answering some of that, but that's ultimately what we're going to build towards as well. Um, how the Seder of Tefillah, the actual content of Tefillah, has anything to do with, with the essence of Tefillah. I think this is, a lot of us experience frustration and, and uh, difficulties with uh, davening as it is, and davening as we imagine it could be or should be, or what the books say it is, right? <coughs> so, a lot of my intention, I'll just kind of share this also as a general thing, a lot of my intention, we could just open up the Sifrei Chassidut and the words of the Kubalim and read all sorts of wonderful descriptions of prayer. But that stuff sometimes just becomes kind of like bubblegum. It's like it tastes really sweet. It's like nice spiritual talk to kind of um, comfort this nagging thing in my mind. And I'm like, oh, tefillah, is that? Oh, okay, I can do it again today. So that's helpful. But, but for me, what's ultimately much more valuable is for us to learn deeply the, the primary sources in, in, in Tanakh, in Chazal, through the Rishonim, and we'll get to the words of the Hasidish Rebbe's and the words of the Kubalim, we'll understand what it really means and how it's speaking to the core of what this whole thing is about. And it's not a separate kind of like spiritual take on things, but it's 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 voicing the the core underpinnings of, of what it is that, that we're that we're talking about, what it is that we're doing. Okay? So what I want to look at today is um, the way that Chazal frames our approach to prayer. And, and I'm hoping that we'll see how this is, in a sense, an extension or an application of 
some of the yisodot, some of the foundations we've begun exploring together. Specifically, the prayer that comes, that's produced from an awareness of the environment that I exist within, and that is in dialogue with that environment. Okay? So, we'll begin with the Mishnah and Brachot Tarakei. Mishnah says, is, is speaking about, this is the beginning of Brachot, um, chapter 5 in Brachot, which is Perak Enomdim. So, Chazal here is talking about what state we are meant to be in when we approach prayer. From, from what kind of state of mind, heart, and awareness does prayer come from? Do we approach prayer? Okay? So Chazal says, Ein omdim this is one of the, the beautiful, like, Chazal likes to say things in the negative, maybe because they're Jewish. <laughs> you don't stand to pray, standing to pray meaning entering Tfilat Amida. You don't stand up to pray, unless you are in a state of COVID Rosh. Taken very literally, COVID Rosh means you have a heavy head. Yeah. You don't stand, stand in prayer unless you're in a state of heavy-headedness. Now, we're not going to delve too much into COVID Rosh right now, but I'll just say figuratively what it seems to mean is a, a, a sense of gravitas. I'm aware of the weightiness of what I'm doing. You don't just get up and start talking. You don't just get up and start asking for things. You cultivate a mind frame of an awareness of what... Of, of the gravity of, the, of, of what I'm in, in engaging with right now. Okay, COVID rush. Now, the Mishnah seems to be describing either a specific, particular um, form of this, or perhaps something well, that's a bit of a variation. Chasidim harishonim, the early Chasidim, which means the intense devotees, the spiritual practitioners, the ones who went, a chassid in, in the language of, of Chazal, is somebody who goes beyond the, the minimal requirements. So those who are extra, extra in, um, involved and, and invested in the Avodah, <coughs> the early devotees would shohim, they would wait, they would pause. Pause for an hour. Umitpalalim, and then pray. They would wait an hour. They pause for an hour. So that they could align their hearts lamakom to the place. So you already think makom means God, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. Okay, you can. <laughs> I don't. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But interestingly, it doesn't say labore. Now, sidebar. I did a little research of this. There's actually a few different versions of this language. If you look later in the Gemara, when the Gemara quotes this on Daf Lamed Bet, they actually say la'avim shabashamayim. They direct their hearts to their Father in heaven. And if you look at the Yerushalmi. The, the standard editions of the Yerushalmi just say, Yechavnu at, li, at libam, so they can direct their hearts. And I asked some friends who are, uh, Rabbi Yonah helped me out, and some other friends who are 
who are more familiar with like the, the manuscripts um, that the Talmud is 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 based upon. It seems that Libam Lamakom is the most common and authentic, most probably the original version. Why it ended up printed differently in different editions, that has mostly to do with what did a different printer have in their hands at the moment they printed it, and that just became the standard. But the standard Mishnah is Lamakom. And so now, before we get to Makom as a name of God, just think what it means. libam to the place. If you look in the Sefer Halacha, there's actually a practical application of this Mishnah, which is on the Shulchan Aruch, it's on the Ramah, all the, all the Sefer Halacha say, when you get to the place you're going to daven, you should sit a bit before you start. So yes, it has, we'll see, it has to do with God, but it doesn't have to do with some idea or concept of God. It has to do with something very present in the place that you are in and your immediate surroundings. I'll also say one more thing, is that this is describing something that happens before dying, before saying anything. Which means that it's a kind of hitkavnut, it's a kind of focusing and intentionality that is distinct from the kind of kavanah that we have when we say words. Meaning it's something that precedes saying words. Right? We think kavanah and tefillah, think about what you're saying. Which is a good principle for life anyway, I think, before you speak. But, but this is something that comes before that. This is what state do you cultivate before you enter prayer. There's a mitoch that has to be engendered before you, you start doing this thing called tefillah. And that's what, that's what this minister is talking about. Where does tefillah, the, the, the state tefillah emerges from? The state from which we enter prayer. Okay? So let's, let's look a bit at this word makom. Because Michal, as you're saying, Chazal identifies makom as, as a name of God. And Lucky for us, the kind of birthplace for this connection of makom and, and, and being a reference to God. Do you want to push it, by the way? No, no, no. No. Um, is, is actually from this week's Parsha. Parsha starts, We know Yaakov took the brachot, and, and, it's, and, and Esau wants to kill him, so he has to leave home, he has to, and he goes off to find a wife. He's on his way to Haran. And he encounters the place. Vayalen sham kiva shemesh. He goes to sleep there because the sun sets. Vayikach meavnei hamakom. Once again, he takes from the stones of that place. Vayasem rashotav vayishkav makomahu. He puts the stones around his head or under his head, and he lies down in that place. He runs into the place. He takes from the stones of the place. He goes to sleep in that place. What happens now? Vayachalom, and he has a dream. There's a ladder standing in the earth. The head of the ladder is reaching heavenward. The angels of God are ascending and descending it. And here, behold, God is standing 
could be on the ladder, could be upon Yaakov. And then God says, right, I'm, I'm your God, I'm going to take care of you, don't worry, etc. I skipped a few of those psukim of, of what God says in the dream. Vayikat Yaakov mishnato. Yaakov wakes up from his sleep. Vayomar achen yesh Hashem amakom hazeh v'anochi lo yadati. What does Yaakov say? It turns out God is in this makom. And I didn't know it. Vayomar manogra amakom hazeh. He says, how... Awesome, terrible, terrible in a way of feeling the sense of terror, <laughs> of trembling. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So, just think kind of on the outside what happens. Yaakov arrives somewhere, he goes to sleep, he has a vision, and God communicates with him, and he wakes up and he. he Speaks out this realization. I had I, I I didn't realize until now that this is God's place. Now, if you just read it in the Torah's rendering, means he bangs into the place. He arrives somewhere, you could say. But Chazal makes more of this. Right? Let's look at uh, at uh, Medrash Rabba here. Vayifga b'makom. Rav Huna b'shem Rabbi Ami Amar. Mipnei ma mechanim shmoshat l'shbaruch uvekorim otamakom. So Chazal, by the way, doesn't explain to us that makom is the name of God. They already know makom is the name of God. Why do we make a nickname for God and call God makom? Or why is the Torah, the Chazal is already assuming that when it says Yaakov, Vayifgaba Makom, we're talking about some encounter not just with the location, but with God. Why is Makom used as a name for God? Because God is the place of the world, and the world is not the place of God. We'll just read the rest of this and then we'll speak about it a bit. Min ma dikhtiv hine makom iti. At the, um, before God reveals to Moshe Rabbeinu the Yudgim Omiro Tarachamim, right after Chet Ego, Moshe asks, show me your, your glory, show me your, your pathways, and God says, hine makom iti. Here. There's a place with me. And in the Peshat, God is saying, come stand in this little cleft in the rock and I'm going to reveal this to you. But Chazal is saying, what does Hinei mean? That God is saying, place is with me. Where is place? Place is with me. Place pertains to God. Place belongs to God. What this means, like uh, in, a, in a simple sense, God is the place of the world. The world is not the place of God. What would it mean that the world is the place of God? I think that's how we tend to think about things. Here we are. In, what, are what are my basic assumptions? Here I am. I wake up in the morning. I look around. There's a world. Oh, this is my life. This is what I know about things. Oh, and somewhere in this world, I also know that there's a God. Chazal saying that is backwards. God isn't somewhere in the world. The world is somewhere in God that God is the 
placeholder of everything. Everything that is, any place, any place existence God. is within God, is not the place of God, is within God. The given of reality is really only God. That is the makom. That is the ultimate place. The ultimate existence is, the, in the language of the Ramam, the only real existence. That's how the Ramam speaks about it. But, but God gives space to all that is. This is a steer of what Yaakov said. Yaakov says, Achein yesh Hashem bamakom hazeh. I don't disagree with what Here he's saying. you and Chazal are saying, but I'll, shot. I'll you know, you could says say, it the opposite. You could say what Yaakov is expressing is the limits of human, under, of, of human experience are that we experience our world as a given, our lives as a given, and we have these little realizations that there's God. So Yaakov's saying, I did not realize that God is in this place. He's not saying, I didn't realize that every place is in God. But what does it mean when he says, I didn't realize that God is in this place? So did he realize that, God, that Yaakov already knew that, no. that the place is in God? No, what Yaakov is expressing is, and, and I think both, both Alpi Pshat and, and to read a little more into his words, Alpi Pshat, think about what, what's happening here. Yaakov goes to sleep and he's awakened from his sleep. What Yaakov is expressing here is the sort of shock and wonder of being roused from a state of sleepiness. Of unawareness. I was asleep and now I'm awake. What am I awake to? I'm awakened to there's God here. I had no idea. I was in a trance. Here I am. I just go to sleep in the desert. Here I am. I just walk through my world with, with the assumptions that I have. In Yaakov's case, I'm, I'm on the run for my life. I don't know where I'm going. I'm exiled. I'm by myself. I'm in a dark night. What am I going to do? And he's awoken to the reality that where he is is the place of God. This is how we experience life. We can know all the things in the world. We could have read all the books. But we exist in a, in a slumber until we're awakened from that slumber. And this encounter between Yaakov and Hamakom, here both meanings of Makom are coming together. He is in a specific place. He's in a specific situation. He's experiencing something very profound and particular, which awakens him to the fact that this too is a place that I can access God. And his expression here is the expression of somebody who is shifts out of the state of not knowing to the state of realizing what they didn't know until now. That is, that's the sense of nora. This is something earth-shattering. Nora, it's something that, that shakes me to my core. I had no idea. I had no idea. So, so Makom, Makom is, in the case of Yaakov, encountering God in a place that he didn't realize was possible or present. And Makom, in the language of Chazal, is every single place is a place where God can be encountered. Because the true place of reality is God. God is the placeholder. God grants space to all of these things that we 
experience and, and encounter. But the the all-encompassing place is is not other than God. Want to read on a little bit? This is the Hemshech of the Midrash there. Amar ben Levi, Avot harishonim hitkinu just to say, Chazal not only identifies God as makom in this, in this encounter, but specifically for our purposes, Chazal also identifies this as a moment of prayer. The Yaakov's running into the place, coming to recognize and realize the place, is actually, in the language of Chazal, a prayer. Okay? So Chazal is saying that the Avot, and this, this, this uh, Medrash is, is, you can find it also in the Gemara Brachot, um, it's in Andaf Kavchet, but Chazal says that the Avot, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, were in the three field of the day. Avraham was Metakin Shachri. Yitzchak established Mincha, because you see Avraham talks to God in the morning, Yitzchak talks to God. Yeah. Leaf Not Erev, well, he goes and converses in the field. Oh. Leave it at that. Leaf Not Erev. And Yaakov Avinu, this, this story with Yaakov is happening at when does Yaakov run into the place at night? So we're talking not even about like how you pray, what you pray. We're talking about the very basic moments of the day in which human beings turn towards their Creator. Yeah. And that was this, we modeled by Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. So Yaakov's prayer comes at night. But wait a minute. Does Yaakov pray here? Well, let's see. Okay? Truth is, if you read on in the, in the story, he prays. He basically says to God, if you take care of me, mm-hmm. call that prayer, if you take care of me, give me clothes to wear, food to eat, I'll come back here. Is that a prayer? Is that a negotiation? Lay it down. Let's read about what Chazal says. Yaakov tikent filat arvid. I'm three lines from the bottom of this um, paragraph. Yaakov tikent filat arvid. Yaakov established the nighttime prayer. Shenemar vayif gaba makom. Because what happens with Yaakov at night? Yaakov vayif gaba makom. Literally means he just crashed into the place. So you've seen Rashi. Rashi says that the earth stood up like a wall and he just like knocked into it. He encountered the place. Ve'en pegi'ah elat And pegi'ah, crashing into, encountering, means prayer, says Chazal. Shenemar va'al atam, I think it's rina va'al tifkati, Yirmiyahu. In Yirmiyahu, I think in this, in this pasuk that's brought, Yirmiyahu is talking about um, people who are like worshipping idols and Nevi'e Sheker, whatever. But he, the God says, don't pray for them. Ve'al tifga bi. Do not pogea bi. What does pogea mean? Well, it's, like to, it's like to, to, to damage. Yeah, pogea. Al tifga bi. Don't. is not a good thing. Don't, don't, don't hit me. Don't hit me. So there's a kind of prayer called pigi'ah, hitting into something, pushing into something. In a simpler sense, confronting, encountering. Yeah? Another So in Yirmiyahu, we see the language of pigi'ah being a term for how you pray to God. Pogea. Pigi'ah. I think in English there's words like to entreat. These words don't mean <laughs> mean anything to me because I don't I don't know what that means other than pigi'ah, a kind of prayer that's that's it's like pushing in, it's leaning into God. Yaakov crashes into God in this place. So what we have here 
is Chazal identifying Yaakov's encounter in this place, his coming into awareness of something he did not notice before, as being an encounter with God. And Chazal, back when they're describing what was the Hasidim Rishonim, how were they preparing themselves for tefillah? Let's come back to what they were doing. How you show you Sha'achat, they would sit for an hour. To direct their hearts, to bring an awareness to Hamakom. To this presence. God is present here. There's a presence here. That before they pray, they are bringing to awareness. For Yaakov, he was somewhat spontaneously, almost violently awakened and aroused to that awareness. The Hasidim Mishonim were showing. They would sit and wait. Sit and align their hearts to this awareness, to the makom, to the presence of where they are. The presence of where we are, if we take makom in its in its fuller meaning, is to come to the awareness that where I am, right here, is within God. I am in a divine space. There is a presence of God here in this place that I am in. And that's the prerequisite for prayer. That is the avoda that comes before prayer. The awareness to cultivate before prayer. That there's God here. And while the Hasidim Rishonim's Shehiyah, their sitting and waiting, is, is much more contemplative and, and gentle than, than Yaakov being on the run for his life, going to sleep and having some dramatic vision, right? I would... I think that the, the shift is somewhat similar, is that it's a process of coming from lack, from not being aware into awareness. Right? What 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 can what happens when I sit and and let my awareness come into presence is that I begin to be aware of the things that I was asleep to. Begin to notice and recognize that which I was not yet attentive to or didn't have space for in my consciousness. Seems like. One could say that Yaakov was very intentional about his going to sleep in this place, based off the Lashon of the Torah, because it gives quite a lot of words to his preparation before he goes to mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm saying it's connected to Mishnah that says, Mm, that there's kavan and what he's doing. Yeah. So I mean, you so read like, Rashi, you read Chazal. They're saying Yaakov realized what this place was, sure, yeah. and he decided this is where I need to be, and he actually missed it, and he went back to the exact location. Yeah. Chazal reads reads intentionality into this as well. Yeah. I read or heard somewhere, maybe it's a midrash, maybe you know that um, the whole time Yaakov was in Be'er Sheva, he never slept. Nechom. This is what, well, when he was in the, they say when he was in the base midrash of Shem and Eva, right, he, he, didn't Sheva, he went to the base midrash and learned for 14 years without sleeping. Right. And so when he finally went to sleep here, he says, mm. 
also in sleep. Yeah, fair. Not just there in is, the living. The there is mm-hmm. there is that value brought here too, yeah. which is there is something of putting your mind to sleep that can conjure up the dream, yeah. which may not be so different from the shihiyah for shachat lifnei tefillah, which is softening that awareness that's kind of rigidly focused on I already know and dictate you know what is here what I'm going to do what I'm going to pay attention to you know there's some statistics something like I don't know we've got like tens of thousands 70,000 thoughts that pass through our mind every day and like 85% of them we thought yesterday right that is not a ripe state in which to encounter my creator so the state of sleep, if we want to expand that to a, a more kind of meditative, contemplative state where my mind is able to be open, where my awareness is present rather than the particular things that I'm focusing and thinking about in a very rigid form. So that also opens a space for me to come to become aware of, recognize things that I wasn't aware of or that I may not be able to relate to if I'm just walking around with my my def- definitive kind of thought, rigid thought process. I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, this is like a sidebar, but the Pisetzner, in his, um, in his Ashkata meditation, speaks about bringing ourselves to a state of dream while we're awake. Allowing, and he says it, he relates it to tefillah. How do you let something from beyond you trickle into your consciousness? You have to put to sleep, so to speak, the, the, the more rigid boundaries of how we, what our normal waking consciousness is like. The question becomes, and this is where I want to make a diuk, is, is that actually a state of sleep or is that a state of waking up? Because I believe what, what the Mishnah is talking about is to come bring ourselves to an awakened awareness. And, and, and there's that fine line um, or that threshold for anybody who's experienced or, or practices meditation of am I, am, I, am I sinking into drowsiness or am I ex- entering into something more expansive and present and aware and that it's meditation requires kind of a use of different different skills yes both ways but the the softening of awareness is not meant to put me into sleep. The softening of awareness is meant to then broaden and expand the scope of what, what, what's allowed to enter, what has space in my consciousness. We have to be shaken out of our slumber. Sometimes the way to do that is to go to sleep and dream, but not to actually go to sleep. It's to put that to sleep and allow for the halom to, to emerge and then wake up and say, oh my goodness. This is not at all what I was looking at before. This is not at all what I what I was aware of. I, I want us to, to look at the way that the, the the in this case the Rambam articulates what he learns from this Mishnah because he gives it slightly different language. That again, this is helpful to see both how this becomes actually halachic practice and also to, to hear what is what what do the Rishonim hear when they hear these words and how are they using it as a as a practical guide guideline okay? so this is first the Rambam Perush Amishnayot I'm going to skip his opening sentence there where he describes what Kovid Rosh is but Perush Shohim 
What does it mean the Hasidim Rishonim were Shohim? Right? literally means to just kind of pause. It says Shohim mit akvin. They wait. They stop. They pause. It means that before Tvila, they are sitting in a state of presence for an hour. In order to settle their mind, their awareness. To quiet their thoughts. And after arriving in that state, then they would begin to pray. So Yishu Vadat and quieting the noise in our heads. Yishu Vadat, you know, a settled mind. Also, I, I can't ignore the, the language of leche, of sit, a sitting mind. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there's something very grounded in the present here. I'm not thinking about things. This is not about thinking about things. This is about letting my awareness come into the present. Letting the present and the presence here fill my awareness. It's it's helpful for us to, to recognize the difference between awareness and thought. Okay, awareness is just, it's that broad, expansive ability to cognate my, my existence. I am conscious. That is always with us. We fill that with thoughts about things all the time. You know, another way to, to that to another other language to give us is the the knowing and the knowns. Okay, there's a active knowing, active awareness, not only in our brains but in our entire bodies all the time. And what we be what we fixate our conscious awareness on becomes knowns, things, thoughts, ideas, projections, dialogues. Even sensory experience, we fixate on those things. Here it's that. The Yashev Da'atam is to sit in the awareness itself. And the Hashkit Machshavatam. And to quiet that torrent, that loud torrent of, of thinking. Now, even when I say it that way, to quiet, it sounds like something combative. If we're com- combative about it, that's not how we get there. We get there by being sitting in place, <laughs> physically and mindfully, as far as where my awareness is. My awareness is sitting in, in what's here now, in Hamakon. So that's in the Rambam's Perusha Mishnah. I just want to read his words of, of Halacha. The Rambam, by the way, is very faithful to the um, formulation of Chazal, which is that tefillah without kavana is not tefillah. If you think you're praying but you don't have intentionality, you're not, you don't, your awareness isn't connected to what you're doing, you're chattering. You're not praying. 
Praying, by definition, is communicating with God. You read, you, you read 112 pages this morning and you mumbled 80, 85% of them? Because I'm But you didn't pray, according to the Rambam, unless you truly prayed, unless there was kavanah. Now, just to get, set you all a little bit at ease, the Chachamim already in the medieval period and, and beyond are telling us, okay, we, we don't hold ourselves to those standards because it's, it's, it's not to be expected by most of us anymore. Okay, 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 etc., etc., etc. My goal here is for us to, to, to hear what's, what's, what's at the heart of, of this thing. Okay? So the Ramam says, Ketzad hiya kavana. What is kavana in Tefillah? Shiyifanet libo mikol hamachshavot. To empty the heart, and heart also means, you know, mind in the sense that mind is not limited to brain. Mind is is the whole spectrum of awareness, physical awareness, sensory awareness, emotional feeling, thought. Yifaneh libo mikol hamachshavot to empty the live. I remember yichavnu libam lamakom. It's a heart centered state of awareness. Mm-hmm. Empty the heart of all the machshavot, of all of those little things that I'm thinking about and, and, and distracted by and, and focusing on. Make space in the heart. Mm-hmm. And to view myself as if I am standing before the shechina. I am in the presence of the shechina. I'm in God's presence. I'm in God's space here. Shechina, mm-hmm. meaning that which is Truly here. Here. The fichach. He says, therefore, to come to that, that he's saying that's that's how we should that's the state we're meant to be in to, to, to daven properly. To have an open open heart, not filled up with, with thoughts, but 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 open and to be in the presence of God. To feel and view and experience ourselves in God's presence. Lefichach. Therefore, that being the case, that this is what kavana looks like, tzarich leshev me'at kodem atfila. So we need to sit a little bit before tefila. Notice the Ramah says ma'at. He doesn't say an hour. Machloket in the Rishonim does an hour mean sixty minutes? Does it mean a little bit of time? Yeshev me'at kodem atfila k'dei lechaven libo. So sit a bit before we begin davening. To align our hearts properly to, to what's here, right? To what we need to be aligned to. And then we will pray. I think the Ramam is actually saying the kind of prayer that can come from that place of sitting and clearing and opening the heart is that Why? Because I'm present. And when I am present, so... I'm present to Hamakom. I can experience the presence that is here. And I can communicate with God in a present way. So it's going to be benachat. It's going to be with gentleness. It's going to be betachanunim. If I'm asking for something, I'm going to be really asking. I'm, I'm shifted out of the mind frame of, I have to say these words to fulfill my religious duty in 42 minutes. That's not at all what I'm thinking about. I'm present to God in a relational, direct, immediate sense. 
ולא יעשה תפילתו כמי שהיה נושא מסוי משליחו והולך לו. My tefillah will not become like somebody who's carrying a heavy load that they need to unburden, that they need to cast away. One of my friends described, described tefillah in such a poignant, painfully poignant way. She said she was observing people davening. And you're like, she said, it's like, like slowly trying to tear a band-aid off. <laughs> it just hit home for me. Chazal says, Tefillah is me'advarim ha'omnim berumo shel olam u'bnei adam mezalzalim. The Gemara, in the times of the Gemara, they said Tefillah is something that stands in the heights of the world and people treat it cheaply. People are mezalzal. They, they denigrate it. So the Ramadan then goes on, the Fichach tzarich l'shev me'at achara Tefillah. So this is, the Gemara goes on and says, you don't only have to sit an hour before tefillah, you have to sit an hour afterwards too. Because otherwise you're just rushing. We need to stop our impulse to rush through and rush out, to cast it off. We need to consciously work with that impulse to transform it and, and open ourselves to an experience of true present prayer. I'm going to read a little bit of the Aruch HaShulchan. Aruch HaShulchan says very specifically that this kavana that we're talking about, it's not a kavana al tefillat shmonas. We're not talking about what you're focused on when you're saying the words of the Amidah. Shari shayin harbeat shmonas, there's a lot of time that preempts the Amidah. This kind of hachana, this kind of preparation comes before we begin the whole Seder HaTfilah, before you begin the entire order of prayer. What is shihia? What is this waiting, this meditative sitting? It's shtika v'hitponenut palev. Quiet and... Contemplation in the heart, meditation in the heart. To come to an understanding of before who am I preparing to pray? Before who am I preparing to pray? And so we're going to have to cut, cut things a little short today. But um, what we're seeing throughout here is that this kavanah l'chaven libam l'makom to direct our awareness to makom we're not talking about a concept of God what we're not talking about is remember I'm going to pray and there's a God that I need to pray to and this is a spiritual activity and this is something I need to think about what we're doing is coming into aware presence. And when I come into aware presence, I am mechaven myself to makom, to God's presence, capital P. You hear that? That the, the point of encounter of pgi'ah with the makom, that precedes prayer, that allows for prayer to be true tefillah is for us to be present. And we can, when we can be present and our awareness is attuned and 
aware of what is here and what my experience is in the here and now, that becomes the grounds for my communication with God. I'm speaking with God in that field of awareness. That's the makom tefillah. Right here in my present awareness. This is where I'm davening. I'm not throwing words like you know, shooting arrows out into the sky or sending off balloons. Or I'm communicating deeply in here. And I'm communicating with the makom that is deeply here. So this shihiyah, lifnei tefillah, is, that's what sets the ground for prayer. That's what sets the space for tefillah to happen. We don't have time right now to, to practice this, but... So before you daven, sit in what is. Well, maybe we'll begin next week with, with a bit of, of shihiyah b'makom. We can start together. Um, but part of what's beautiful about Makom also is that it's it's a very open field. It's not one thing. It's not like a come in and it's this and it's that. It's being here and being here more and being here more. And, and what that looks like internally is that I bring my awareness, I sit down, and I bring my awareness in to, to my body, to my surroundings. Just sense my being in the place and present state that I'm in. And the broad view of that is to recognize that Ma'akom, this place, is, is a divine reality. And I'm turning myself, I'm basically this is the basic orientation, practice the basic orientation towards God in a present and immediate way that I can then communicate from. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.